Welcome back to another episode of It's Raining Mets. And uh, you may have noticed over the past few episodes, some of us have been kind of flying solo here because at work we are also trying to practice social distancing by keeping six feet apart. And Tom Russell's here. Tom? Yes. Well, I'm not really here. I'm no, in right, my basement. Right. Uh, you're somewhere else as well. So we're all practicing that. And uh, I miss chatting with you, man. So yeah. this is a good chance for us to catch up. I know. So you're hearing us like chat for the first time in weeks. Actually, that's not true. We we do uh, no, we- email and, and phone conversation. But we are literally, Tom and I right now are, are social distancing by about 40 miles. Tom, <laughs> yes, that's very you're, true. Uh, you're specifically true. where, if you, if you don't uh, mind revealing that? I am uh, north of Hershey in Harrisburg. Okay. Uh, Let's just know. say I'm south of the turnpike somewhere. <laughs> that magic, ma- uh, you know, people always make fun of that weather line, like it's some kind of magical uh, line. We just use it for reference. You're south of the turnpike. I know. I'm I'm south of 30, so I'm I'm really in the in the rain zone. There you go. But we're excited to catch up uh, on a couple of topics here. So, uh, Ed, I'm going to throw it back at you real quick. How are you doing with this whole virus thing and and day-to-day life? You hanging in there? Yeah, you know, it's... um... It's different, you know, it's it's weird not being at work, but you're still working. Um, there are right. nice aspects to it, you know, where, you know, you don't have to go out and drive to work. You can obviously all the meetings we have that regard news and, and weather content for the day um, over the phone. We all discuss it yep. the whole newsroom. We, we all discuss it over the phone. So, I mean, I, I don't think anyone could have predicted just a few weeks ago we were rel- relatively living a, a normal life. And, I know it's crazy. Yeah, and now it's it's uh, kind of come to this, but you know, all in a good way because this is really the only thing we can we can go up against this thing and and reduce spread. Yeah, this is how we do it. Uh, the problem is I'm trapped in a house with four women. Ah. Uh, both of, both of my dogs are are female, and we just got a cat, also another female. So oh I'm definitely gosh. out. Yes, uh, definitely outnumbered. Uh, so working from home has been a little bit of an adjustment. Uh, I really just miss the the camaraderie, you know, seeing you and talking to our fellow uh, meteorologists, and just you know, you talking about the weather like yeah. people do. So. Yeah. Well, you're gonna, I, I think when, when everything goes back to normal, maybe once you come out of that all-female household, you'll have some, <laughs> some different perspectives. Well, that's that's one way to put it, I guess. <laughs> uh, so we're hanging in there. We hope you are, too. And we appreciate you uh, listening to the podcast. Let's start weather real quick, just yeah. the fact that we see a, a bit of a warming trend here as we go through the first half of April. But I still see some chilly air. You know, April is one of those months where we rarely get off with a, a really good, warm April. We usually have a couple of about some cold. So I do see a little chill either at or right after Easter, kind of middle of the month. Uh, so it could get a little bit chilly there. So I don't think we're out of the woods as far as, you know, another shot of cold air or two. But once we get into May, then I think that we'll be, we'll be smooth sailing. Yeah. You know, I, a, a lot of people um, think, oh, you know, well, we have a really warm February and March. That means it, it only has to get warmer from here. And oftentimes I've seen so many times where February and March are warm and, and rainy, and, and April just never really warms up. Right. Like, we're right. still lagging behind, like, you know, looking at some chilly weather. But, you know, as we head into next week, though, it does look like we're going to have some uh, 
opportunity for some 60s, even near 70 degrees yeah, reading. Yeah, that'll be nice. Uh, I want to make this other point about the weather, though, because one of the fortunate things is we are in a very benign weather pattern. There's nothing going on. So you think about right before uh, the virus really took over, we had the uh, awful tornado in Jonesboro. Uh, where people were just devastated. So the last thing we want when everybody, you know, our medical staff is is just, you know, pushed to the limit uh, and we're trying to self-distance, the last thing we need is a weather disaster of any kind. So, so far, fingers crossed, Mother Nature is cooperating with a fairly quiet weather pattern. Yeah, and, and you know, Tom, I'm glad you brought that up. The mayor said something very interesting, the mayor of Jonesboro, Arkansas. Um, pretty powerful soundbite, and I believe that, that was over the weekend. Was that... Uh, the days are, are blended. Yeah, um, I know. It's like a week and a half. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I haven't left my location in days, uh, <laughs> nor have you. So, it, you know, the mayor of Jonesboro really believes that at the time the tornado came through, um, he thinks more people would have been out on the road had people not been quarantining. Oh, that's right. It, was, it had started the quarantine. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So, you know, he, he really said that he believed that's, that, that it had yeah. because of COVID-19 that he thinks that there were there were less less casualties and I, I don't believe there were any fatalities. Wow, so that's that, a pretty interesting. Yeah, topic. and and it and it begs the question. Well, you know what may have happened in Nashville a few weeks back. I mean, granted that was overnight. There already right. aren't that many people on the road anyway. But I think it was shortly right. after midnight in Nashville. Yeah, it was those, a late one. Yeah, those tornadoes they came through. But nighttime tornadoes are always incredibly dangerous because you can't see what's coming. Right. Nobody's paying attention. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So that's some good news uh, as far as the weather and, and the virus. Uh, you had an interesting story that we put on CBS 21. I want you to go in depth a little bit. Uh, one of the things that actually hurts our forecasting is the lack of airplanes flying. So how does that work? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really interesting to see all the ancillary effects of a pandemic you know because obviously with this one social distancing is is a huge strategy to combat the virus and one of the biggest aspects of social distancing is or one of the biggest byproducts of of social distancing is people don't travel right. so you have airplanes that are flying half empty that's not economically feasible for a plane to fly when it's only half full so you have airlines that are consolidating flights Yep. And when you're consolidating flights, you have less airplanes in the air, and each airplane is equipped with a weather-observing system. We're talking it gets atmospheric pressure, temperature, dew point, all that stuff. Winds, yep. And, um, and, you know, on the side of a plane, uh, they have <clears throat> basically pressure gauges that kind of read the, the difference in air pressure as the plane is flying through the sky, I believe it's called a pitot tube. That's so, exactly right. Yeah, mm -hmm. so they, um, oftentimes these planes are, are equipped with all of these uh, pressure gauges, thermometers, stuff like that, and all of that information is then put into a computer. You know, planes are basically, by design, they, they operate kind of like how a weather balloon operates. Yep. You Good know, point. they get not only a horizontal profile of the atmosphere, but a, a vertical one as well. So um, the amount of weather observations, if uh, I don't have the paper in front of me, but um, the amount of observations since March 31st has almost been cut in half the, you know, normal daily 
information that's put into these models was was basically cut in half because there's just right. that many less planes flying. And the important thing here is the more information you have, the better the model output. So, you know, it's always garbage in, garbage out, but the better that stuff goes in, the better we get information out. Sure. So it really, it is a, like a little uh, a hole in our modeling right now. So, um, you know, you forget, like you said, these little byproducts of, of less travel and, and things that we kind of take for granted. So less flying. So, all right, speaking of flying, let's transition to hurricane hunters. Uh, they always are brave and amazing. And the reason I bring up hurricanes is because our friends out at uh, Colorado State University, Phil Klotzbach, and uh, one of my, he was a, a guy that worked under one of my heroes, uh, Dr. William Gray. And they always come out with their seasonal hurricane forecast. Uh, they do it in April, then they'll do it again in June and throughout the uh, the summer months. But this is their first crack at what they think the 2020 hurricane season is going to be. And they're calling for an above average hurricane season. They're going with 16 named storms. Eight of those become hurricanes. And of those eight, four become a major hurricane, which is category three or higher. So an average season is 12, six and three. And again, uh, Colorado State going 16, eight and four. Uh, last year, obviously, was an active season with 18 storms. Six of those were hurricanes. So uh, I don't know if we're, uh, that's good news, that we have another above-average season coming yeah, our way. Yeah, and it's all, you know, well, where do those hurricanes impact? You know, right. some people view an active season as several systems that impact people, impact the coast, or, you know, climatologically speaking, I would think a busy season is any storm that develops, even if it's just a storm for the fish. Um, yep. But, you know, 1992 uh, was a deadly year for hurricanes, but we didn't have Andrew until August. And I yeah. think after that, there wasn't. No, it was really basically August much. that year. Or, so, uh, Andrew, yeah. Right. So even if you have one hurricane that happens to hit a populated area, I mean, the whole perception on whether it was active or not uh, can be totally changed based on perspective. That's a good point. Uh, the other thing that came out of the release, uh, Phil, uh, you know, released his his forecast, but then he went into a different argument. The big debate that's happening in the weather community right now is whether we should continue looking at winds as the basic metric for our category. So, you know, there's a certain wind threshold for category one, category two, up through category five. And the big push in the weather world the last couple of years is that maybe uh, barometric pressure or the pressure of the hurricane uh, is a better metric to use. So he did a statistical analysis relating first winds to what ultimately is damage versus pressure, which is ultimately damaged. And it seems that when you really crank out some of these damage assessments and pressure, pressure might be a better indicator of uh, of damage to come. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more or less a, you know, I, I guess the way to look at it, because, you know, it's, Pressure and, and, and wind are obviously closely related, but, you know, you could sure. have a 960 millibar hurricane uh, in one season have a higher wind speed than a 960 millibar storm in a different season. I mean, the winds aren't going to be drastically different, but in terms of the total energy of the storm, right. uh, pressure seems to be uh, the the measurement that would be more accurate to describe the overall intensity of, of a system. 
And the pressure also correlates to something that we've been uh, studying a lot more and, and giving the public information about, and that is storm surge. So the example he used was uh, Katrina, which had a lower pressure than uh, he brought out Hurricane Charlie, which hit the west coast of Florida in 2004. So Charlie was actually a Category 4, whereas Katrina was a Category 3 at landfall. Uh, but he showed, obviously, that uh, the damage and, and what happened in Katrina was much worse than Charlie. So I thought it was a, an interesting yeah. case study, and I think that argument's going to really play out over the next couple of years. Right, and storm surge inundation is, is one of the deadliest uh, and, and most costly uh, things that a hurricane does in, um, when it impacts the coast. Yep. So it's, it's not necessarily, yeah, sure, the, the wind does a lot of damage, but the wind over the ocean creates that, in essence, sea level rise along the immediate coast, coast, which a lot of times, like a tsunami, will just completely destroy everything in its path. And especially with so many folks living on the coast now, that's that's become a huge uh, a huge metric. All right, let's transition that into modeling. And this is another interesting story uh, that you've been following closely. As we hear these numbers from the virus, yeah. from the coronavirus, the updates go, well, our modeling shows that it should peak here and then go down. So as meteorologists, we live in that modeling world every day. This is what, you know, forecasts have become. Uh, we've gotten away from, you know, hand plotting and hand drawing things, and we rely on forecast models. So in our world, we have forecast models that handle, you know, snow better or tropical weather better or summertime weather. And part of our job as meteorologists is to figure out what model has the best handle on what situation. And it's interesting to see this play out in the medical field as they try to get a handle and quantify some of this virus uh, implication. Isn't it fascinating? Yeah, yeah. You know, so a lot of the variables in weather that Tom was just kind of alluding to in a weather model, a lot of the variables are, well, how much cold air is there? How right. much moisture is there? Um, what's the pressure, intensity? What's the wind direction? All these atmospheric variables that, that a model uses to kind of project what's going to happen in the future. Now, with infectious disease model, models, the variables are population. The variables are the contagious nature to the particular virus that's causing the pandemic. Another variable is how socialized people are, social right. distancing. So they are running models that show countries that are taking social distancing seriously, and they're running other models that um, show people continuing to live a normal life. And I believe in the UK, um, they were originally, their plan was to just let the virus, everyone go on as normal and let the virus just play out. They didn't, at first at least, were not taking, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, any any social distancing precautions. Well, what what it was is there's a different way to attack it known as herd mentality. Yeah, that's which exactly was, what I was going to get into. Yeah, so continue yeah, with let that. Let people get it, you know, and then hopefully you build up immunity. But go ahead. Yeah, herd immunity. So the more people that are exposed eventually we build a resistance, the human race, so to speak, builds a resistance against the virus. So uh, all of these variables on human behavior, along with the viral nature to the pandemic, go into play in these infectious disease models. And some of the modeling they were showing at the press conference from a few days ago, really fascinating stuff, um, really showed that uh, the flattening the curve 
was much more pronounced in a uh, society that was exercising social distancing. Right. And that's really what's come to light. And, uh, you know, even folks without any kind of statistical background are, are, are getting the whole flattening of the curve thing because it's, it's very visual uh, and they can see it. But, uh, you know, how it relates to, to modeling and, and what we do every day to me is just fascinating because everybody realized, you know, we're trying to predict the future just like they are. Right. And there's no certainty. I mean, right. We, there's there's no certainty. And, and you know, one last thing, because we got to get going here. But um I see a lot of these data sets that are coming that that the like a lot of the conclusions that these models are showing, I see them being misinterpreted by a lot of people where they again, they're given a range that um, 100 to 200,000 people will die in this country if they don't exercise this precaution. But they don't give the range. They only give the higher end of the range. They say 200,000 right. people could die. No, that's not what the model said. The model said 100 to 200,000. And it's exactly the same mentality when we say 6 to 12 inches of snow and people hear 12 and not 6. <laughs> you know what? That's a great correlation. You're you know, right. Everybody it, hears it, the higher number, right? Yeah, people, people like to hear the higher number because it's obviously you're going to remember that more. It's what sticks. Right. Wow. So well, uh, thank you so much, Ed. It's it's great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really want you to uh, continue with your feedback because everybody uh, seems to want to reach out and, and at least have some kind of interaction, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter. So uh, please follow us there. And again, you can uh, download the other versions of the podcast if you want to go back and listen to some of the other topics that we've covered here. So, Ed, have fun. I can't wait to see you in person again. I, I see you on TV. So great yeah, job. I, yeah, I imagine the next time I'll see you, Tom, we'll also be on TV. So eventually <laughs> things will go back to normal. And remember, as we like to say at 21, but we're all in this together all in this and we together. will get through it. All right. Take care, brother. Yep. You too. You're listening to It's Raining Mets.